0: so to be fair I got a text from uh, Terrell yesterday yeah. yesterday. Yeah. so that was two days ago in today's time because this is coming out on Tuesday and Terrell was in Chocolate City he was in the nation's capital uh-huh. watching a little WNBA watching our under machine aka the DC Mystics uh, Washington Mystics versus the Chicago Sky. And I said, why don't I have him in the studio? We can talk a little NBA draft here. Yeah. So without further ado, Terrell Furman, again, host of the NBA and WNBA Sports Gambling Podcast. Check that out on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. But you can get it on Spotify as well, right? Yeah, you can get it on Spotify. You can get it wherever, wherever you get your find podcasts, your podcasts. Anywhere, podcast.
1: YouTube. Hey, do both. YouTube, Spotify, Apple. Do all of it. I all need it. all those downloads. Com- complete, yep. com-
0: combination, for every single device. You know what I think people should do too is like just go into the Apple store. Yeah. And uh download the podcast to the Apple phones. Oh,
1: podcast? Yeah. Hey, go download the app. The app is in the Apple store too. SGP and app. So, Love it. Hey, I I I take any type of support you can get, it's free.
0: What is your overall, I guess, vibe of this draft?
1: Stardom. This feels like stardom because you have the next carnation of Jesus walking on earth, who is Victor That Has everybody made it seem like he's just automatically going to be great? And for one, if he's not good the first year, guys, please give him some time. He's still a center. Like center is a hard position to learn in the NBA. But you have him. Then you have Scoot Henderson, who was a guy that if you ask anybody who watches Scoot Henderson, he is a number one overall pick. But unfortunately, because Jesus reincarnated, walked the earth again and Victor Wimbinata, he is now being talked about in number two with Brandon Miller. You go even further down, and we'll talk about a guy that I like who was number one overall high school recruit, and he's sliding in the draft. So this is just a draft full of stardom.
0: Hmm. Yeah, and I think I wonder because there's so many teams... That are rumored to be moving up and down the board that you wonder is it a deep draft is it like a three four person star draft mm-hmm. with a lot of good role players like if you were to assess how many guys outside of the top three actually start year one what do you think outside of the top three i i think you have a lot of qual- qual-
1: i think that where the issue is going to come is everybody wants to see those starters come in and average 20 points per game if you're a big, you're already in double-double territory. I should be betting your double-double every game. Like, Evan Mobley? Look at Evan Mobley now. He is a really, really good starter. In his first year, you were like, okay, like, this guy's all right. He averaged 16, 17. That's, that's really good for that's an NBA player. That's pretty good That's really good for a rookie NBA player. Like, Paulo Bencaro, dude, he's been really, really good. And he's getting better. Like, he's going to be better next year. You, we have Chet Holmgren who we haven't even seen yet. Like, they're all these players in the NBA. People want them to just come in and be those all star 20 plus, 30 plus per game scorers. And it's not just going to happen like that. Like, it takes time to actually develop a player like they did Evan Mobley in Cleveland. And now, Evan Mobley next year could be knocking on the door All-Star Sourdom.
0: Yeah, you talk about Evan Mobley, and that is just an interesting thing about Biggs and, and Biggs taking a long time yeah. to develop. Also, Oshe Akbaji, like, yeah. he came on late. He was really good. I, re- I liked him a lot at Kansas, so it's going to be fascinating to see how many guys come in and contribute right away. Another uh, storyline that's kind of circulating is just... All these teams that have needs and they think mm-hmm. are going to be active, right? OKC okay, is rumored to want to move up. Mm-hmm. New York uh, Knicks are rumored to want to uh, go. No, no, they're don't,
1: not. They're not. You don't think they're, they're going to get no, a first? Nobody round wants pick? to come to New York. Nobody wants to come to. New okay. York. No, we,
0: Toronto we, rumored to, to move up. Okay. Cleveland rumored to move up. If you had to give a guess, who do you think that's not in the top ten now moves into the top ten?
1: Golden State. Wow! Easily. If you're Dunleavy, you ha- you have to make a splash. You have to... Bob Myers gave this organization four championships? Four? Like, if you're Dunleavy, you gotta make a splash and saying that Jordan Poole is coming back for the next four years is not the way to make that splash as the first active new GM power in Golden State. I think it's hundred percent Golden State. I think Golden States are buyers at the at the uh, draft and they find their way in the top ten.
0: Wow! Like who? Who do you think they? Who do you think they make a trade with? Because uh, it can't be ten. I don't think Mavericks need uh, a Jordan Pool. They're it, not going to probably try to move up, uh, Yeah. I, th- I mean, I wouldn't be surprised
1: because they, they could use some more depth, um, especially for Dallas. But I'm looking at teams that kind of either got rid of their picks or they're just in this mode of stockpiling picks. Utah just feels like a team that's like, well, I mean, we're going nowhere fast, guys. So we might as well trade back. So Utah at nine is like the number one team I'm looking at. Washington didn't get a first round pick for Bradley Beal. We're going to talk about that. But, like, that would be interesting. So, Washington could could move back, or Washington could just be a buyer and get somebody really good there. But, Washington could move back. It's a couple of teams up there that I think would move back with a Golden State. And, Golden State take a Derek Lively, the second, you know. Probably the best defensive big in the draft class, so.
0: You really like Derek Lively? That? Hold on, let me let me wait on that one. Because mm-hmm. I think an interesting trade could be Wizards trade Chris Paul for, and whatever, Chris Paul and the eight pick mm-hmm. for Jordan Poole and whatever yeah. Golden State has in yeah, their I first mean, round. I what think, are they, 17, 18?
1: I think, and Chris Paul said he wants to go to a contender and still compete. 19. So, you know, they'll. That's uh definitely in the wrong possibility. I think Chris Paul makes everything fun because you all like he, he's worth some type of value. Everybody wants to devalue Chris Paul, and I completely understand it, but he's worth some type of value. So that with a first round pick is enticing to get a player that can come into your organization and play now. So we'll see. But oh man, the DC team, very, very poverty organization. So I don't think they'll do anything that's any benefit to them.
0: You don't think even with Michael Winger coming in from the Clippers, which, by the way, the Clippers have made some really bad draft mm. moves as well, underratedly mm. bad draft moves. Obviously, moving Shea was a, was a terrible uh, Mo- trade. Not
1: only moving Shea, but giving up every single pick. And with Shea. <laughs> like, Seven
0: picks plus so, Shea. That's so like 11 show, picks. We
1: talked about it, and we talked about the worst trades one day. and We said Rudy Gobert probably is going to go down as the worst trade ever, but nobody's talking about how bad that Paul George trade was. And the fact that now Shea is a first-teamer, and he could potentially—he almost led his team to the playoffs. Like, he almost led his team to the playoffs. So, I, I don't know. That that Paul George trade is pretty, pretty bad. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
0: Yeah. So, okay, so let's talk a little bit about some of the teams that we think might be active. So what do you think Orlando's trying to do? And and how do you think they're trying to prioritize this draft? Because Paolo said Mm -hmm. already that this year they have six and 11. Mm -hmm. Uh, Paolo said this year is playoffs or bust. I really think this is a young team. We know that they've got the sixth pick and the 11th pick. So do they package those picks to maybe try to get up into the top three, four? Do they sell off one of those picks for a veteran Like, what do you—and obviously they're in need of a point guard, Mm. even though they have a million of them. They still need that, and they need rim protection. So if you were to be a a better for what Orlando does, what do you think they do? I think
1: Orlando's in the situation where you can kind of just let the draft board fall to you, honestly. Like, if you want to make a splash play and go trade up into that top four, and it seems like, well, we know number one's not trading, and Charlotte has maintained that they're not going to trade their pick— I just saw today that Portland said they're probably not going to trade their pick. I wouldn't be surprised if Houston tried to trade, but right now the top four, none of the top four teams are hurting for picks. Like everybody has an assortment of picks over the next few years. And that's what I'm looking for, for teams that are looking to trade out of that top 10 spot is what teams do not have picks coming up that would say, okay, we can get another first rounder this year and I can get a first rounder next year and replace some of those picks. And so I, uh, I think they hold serve. I think they hold serve and they just let it come to them. Like, you have a pretty good chance at number six to get one of the twins. Well, the uh, lesser twin, as some people say, Asar. So you still have a chance to get him. You have a chance to get Cam Whitmore. You still have Anthony Black. Uh, it, it's a lot of really, really good players. You talk about rim, uh, rim protection. Derek Lively is going to be in there somewhere. And that's one of my teams that I have Lively going to. If not trade, at a 11? trade. Yeah, maybe at 11. I I don't think they they would jump at six, but maybe at 11, he could be there at 11 and just offer you that rim protection. Like everybody that needs rim protection Dallas, Utah, Orlando, everybody should be looking at Derek Lively in that eight to 11 range. So I can see something like that, but I don't think they, I just can't see them making a trade with anybody unless somebody comes from behind and gives them two, three extra picks.
0: What do you think Derek Lively is going to be? Because the big man position is. Mm -hmm is so polarizing, right? And you've got Derek Lively, who's sort of kind of been creeping up the draft boards. A yeah. lot of teams like him. I'm just not a big fan of taking big men in the top 10, top 12 period because mm. there's just such big bust potential, right? Like, yeah. I love Jalen Duran, but I don't know that you should have taken him there. We'll see what he ends up being. Like, James Wiseman hasn't mm. worked out. Like A lot of these big men that are in the lottery don't end up working out very often right away. What do you what do you like most about him?
1: I I like him more because of the situation that he could potentially go to, and less about the player. So the player is an amazing player. We know he's a shot blocker, Average like f- some five point six rebounds and whole bunch of blocks over at, during his time at Duke. I hate the Dukies, but that's like but, Mark
0: Williams too, and he yeah. was just trash in Charlotte.
1: Yeah, but it's like it's the timing. Bigs take time to develop to the league. Like you can't just come into the Paolo can come into the league and he can give the league 20. Like, if you watch Paulo in summer league, you watch mm-hmm. Paulo in his rookie year, every one of his buckets were grown, man. I'm going to get a bucket bucket. Bigs don't get that opportunity. Like, you have to learn defensive setups you have to learn how to switch over you got to learn the pick and roll and being able to guard the pick and roll like you got to learn all this stuff as a big and that doesn't just come in one season like a lot of that is trial and error like Rudy Gobert didn't come in and he didn't look like a defensive player of the year his first year Draymond Green didn't look like a defensive player of the year his first year like some of that stuff takes time and so the issue that I had with Golden State when it was time and they picked Wiseman was it a great pick for them yes because they needed size but there was no way Golden State was waiting for that because they're in a win now mode, yeah, win, now mode win now mode, win-now-mo. Terrible situation. But now Wiseman over there, and same thing with Durant, Them in Detroit, well, we don't got nothing to wait for. If y'all want to take three, four years, then fine. Be all that. So that's what I expect to see from Lively and somebody take from Lively because I think organizations understand that these bigs, you got to be patient with them. And if you're not going to be patient, you don't need to take them. So... A team like Orlando that's not going anywhere fast, no matter how much Paolo wants to say that they are, they really, really aren't. Okay, they can take and invest more into them. A, a Golden State that is literally, looks like they're kind of retooling things. We just saw Draymond may potentially not be coming back. Is that news? Is that not news? We'll talk about it, but... I mean, Derek Lively could be good there in a Golden State team that says, hey, we need a year or two to reset this thing. But just expecting him to come in and be this ultimate dominant defensive thing, I don't think it's going to happen.
0: Why do you think Walker Kessler developed so fast?
1: I think it's because he's a, his offensive game and he was able to stretch the floor in how he was with that Utah Jazz team where it was go, 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 go. He was a big that can run the floor. He was a big that... Uh, in Art Auburn, he was able to be able more on the offensive side and less about defense. Like, we didn't really think of Walker Kessler as this big defensive shot-blocking big, then, like, a, yeah. like a Evan Mobley. No, it was just more of, hey, this is another guy that's going to be able to spread the floor with us. At the time, they thought they still had Rudy Gobert, so it was like, okay, Rudy Gobert anchors, we have this kind of big lineup, and... But Rudy Gobert goes, all right, we bring in Walker Kessler. Walker Kessler is going to help us get more and more offense. So that was a lot easier for him. And then he's just a big guy. So he's able to dominate rebounding. But some of the little key things, like as a big, Kessler still has to work on. But they but didn't I think need it he, from him. I
0: think he led the NBA, though, in blocks. He was, yeah. a, he was a defensive monster. Yeah.
1: And so I think that Kessler is now – I think that's kind of where everybody wants you to be. Is that kind of big that kind of comes in and turns it over quickly but on a lot of other rosters does he get that same opportunity to do that probably not I think it just he, he got the perfect situation with no Rudy Gobert in Utah where they just said forget it Hardy was just like go play yeah go play go go do something because we're not gonna just sit here and tank all these games and that's part of the reason why Utah was the best team as an underdog last season Utah Jazz are inevitable